Is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. The breaking news that just came down in the NFL, Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network reports that the Broncos are finalizing a deal with Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to make him their new head, co- head coach per sources. Uh, he said uh, contract talks heated up Wednesday night. The Jags plan to interview Hackett again today. Instead, Denver lands its top choice. So there it is. Uh, round of applause. Brady Quinn called this last week or the week before. Yes, he did. You see some of us here build each other up and others don't but it is uh nathaniel hackett the the offensive coordinator of the packers is now in denver as their head coach the first head coach off the board uh, in the nfl so there's that feels like the stars are aligning i do feel like this will be the domino effect too for coaches being hired in the nfl i think brian dable's up next uh, it sounds like things are heating up for him in Miami. Uh, Byron Leftwich, things are heating up with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, the Bears are still going through, you know, their interview process. The Vikings clearly wanted to hire a general manager before they, they hired their head coach. So uh, I think that'll come at some point. But it, it's, it's been interesting. You know, it's been interesting how, and, and I think, Jonas, you brought this up yesterday, it's been a little more patient process than I think what we're accustomed to. You know, there's been times where there's been coaches or assistants on staffs that are still playing that, you know, they were the wor- it was the worst-kept secret out there, right? Kyle Shanahan to the 49ers was one of the worst-kept secrets. And, you know, I-, I understand the reasoning for, you know, why you obviously can't hire the guy before, you know, he's actually done coaching for the team he's with, especially if they're still playing. But in this case, um, it- it's been a slower process. Maybe that's good, too, casting a wider net for some of these organizations the reality is uh, this could very well be the domino effect that starts the hiring process for a bunch of other teams out there. But I also think it, it sets up the potential for something else to occur in the future. Mm. What, what do you think that might be? Like, uh, there could be a potential quarterback move? Uh, well, I'm, in, just, in I'm, I'm saying if you are Aaron Rodgers right now and you are contemplating a bunch of things, you know, trying to figure out what the Packers are going to do, and again, this is something we talked about yesterday, LeVar. And, and, and what, one of the things about, like separate from Aaron Rodgers' decision of what he wants to do, this is, there's probably no better time for the Packers to rebuild. I mean, given their cap situation, and, some, and I've listened to some say, well, if you just cut Preston Smith to Darius Smith, okay, <laughs> but those good, are some really good, good players. <laughs> and, good, and so how does defense. that help you? And, yeah. and, then you and, and even in that light, you still have to extend Rashawn Gary. You still have to extend Gerald Alexander. That doesn't – like they're $44 million over the cap, and that doesn't include whatever you do with Devontae Adams. So it really could be more than that depending on his franchise tag number, which I think the projection I saw was $20 million. So if that's the case, that you're at 64 now. I mean, and you could send him to a long-term extension if he wanted to do that. But there's a lot of questions about what Devontae Adams wants to do amongst what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Would so, Denver be able to bring him in? Well, I mean, that's, that's for another conversation. I, I think there'd have to be a lot of moving parts in order for that to happen. But if you could trade both Adams – and Rodgers. Oh, God. To the Broncos. I mean, you're talking about there would have to be players in exchange for that. There would be a boatload of draft picks. And, and, but I think the only thing that works in your favor, if you're Denver, of not having to mortgage too much of your future is, 
you know, they could say to Rodgers, look, he's, he's on a one-year deal. Or at the Packers, excuse me. He's on a one-year deal. That's all he's got left on his contract. And he's 30, what? 38, 39? Yeah. 38, so, someone, yeah. So, so he's at an age where it's like, we don't know how much longer he's going to play, so we can't give you as much as you want for him. Now, Adams is a different story. Devontae Adams could warrant a lot, even though we have seen wide receivers, you know, not go for quite as much as we thought at times, right? Diggs went for, what, a first, a second, like a, I don't know, a third and fifth. I mean, well, there was a well, package what's his contract? What is his contract? How many how many years does he have left? He's Devontae done. Adams? Yeah, he's he's, done, a, he's right. a restricted free agent. So they can't, they can't, well, I mean, so they wouldn't be able to trade him then. Well, no, the, the thought would be you'd tag him. And so at a minimum, it gives you at least one more year with him. If you can't work out, you know, during that period of time, a long-term extension, but at least you have control. All right. So let, let me ask you this: If they tagged him, would the value of what Green Bay would be asking for exceed what that 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 average is of what he would get on that franchise tag? Yeah. Well, he yeah. would get more annually than that, right? Because yeah. yeah. what he'd Amari probably get somewhere in the ballpark of twenty-two no, what, a year. Yeah, Amari what, got twenty, right? What I'm saying, yeah. what I'm saying is, for Green Bay. Would it make sense to match, to match the offer, right? Because if unless they restrict him, right? If they restrict no, him, then he can't. Yeah, help me educate me on it because well, he, I, he, he he'll receive the exclusive franchise tax, so there will not be anyone else who can match that the can offer. match the offer. Right. Okay, you know his right. recourse would be: I could say I'm not like Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to play for you. But then now, again, for Denver, does that exceed what they would be able to provide to get him? Because if they provided that, then you got to perceivably think that if it's time for Green Bay to make a, do a rebuild, well, what would be better than to say, all right, we're going to lose Devontae anyway. If we're going to lose him and we're going to lose Aaron, let's get as much out of Denver as we possibly can and then we can justify a rebuild. We could get a couple good players in exchange. We could get some some good draft pick choices. I mean, with that 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 would seem to be feasible if that is indeed the case. See, but I I don't. What's why would Denver trade for Devonte Adams if he's going to be a free agent? I mean, if if Green Bay and I don't think it would so make, that you can get Aaron Rodgers okay, to come there. But I, I understand. But I think that you could get Aaron Rodgers if you just made a if you were going to sign Devonte Adams if Green Bay was going to let him walk because it doesn't make sense for Green Bay to to franchise tag Devonte Adams or give him a big time contract if Aaron Rodgers is leaving. Why would you commit that much money when you already have cap problems? You, you still have a quarterback. First off, signing him to an extension actually helps your cap because you've got creative ways, and you always hear the phrase cash over cap. As long as you put a good portion of that into the signing bonus, you can reduce, and especially if you back, you know, back end load the contract, you can reduce a, a lot of what their salary cap issues are here in the short term. Now, you're kind of kicking the can down the road, but you, you, know, you also could move on from the player at that point if he isn't developing the chemistry with Jordan Love or he's not the same player without Aaron Rodgers, right? So actually giving him an extension would help their cap situation because of how they could structure it to reduce the number where, you know, if he's under the franchise tag, he counts $20 million against the cap. That number goes up to 64 as we talked about. But you could structure in a manner in which he might only have 10 or 12 that hit the cap. So in theory, you're actually reducing the amount that would be hitting the cap as opposed to franchise tagging them by extending them in this instance. I mean, that division. Let's just say uh, let's say the Raiders want to make a move. 
All right. And say the Raiders are looking around going, all right, we want to move on from Derek Carr. Um, we want to make a move. And say they, um, you know, one of the teams that was on Russell Wilson's list was the uh, Raiders from last year. Could you imagine a division? And it's not that far-fetched to think Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson in the same division. That's not that far-fetched. That, that, that has a legitimate possibility of happening. That's going to be a fun division to watch. And so if you follow the, the trail here and Nathaniel Hackett getting this opportunity uh, to, to take over in Denver, uh, him and Aaron Rodgers are close. You know, they'd like to work together. This just feels like the, the perfect match that something would get done. And Denver's got a top 10 pick they can part with and whatever else they can. Because, look, I know Albert. They've got nine picks this year. Yeah. So I, I would imagine a couple of those are going back to Green Bay. This gets done. You know, I mean, and they were well, the favorite to uh, to land Aaron Rodgers. Uh, well, outside of him going back, with yes, the yeah. So, so uh, I, I, but like I said before, I think it has to do a little bit with if you just look at the situation for the Packers, there's probably not a cleaner time to say, all right, let's start over and rebuild. All right, like you, you didn't make it back to the NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl with Aaron. It's at a time in his career where he's got a year left. He's coming off an MVP back-to-back MVP seasons. What else can you trade him and get as much for him? I mean, he's, he's only going to be another year older if you hang on to him for another year. And, that, and in that case, though, he'd be you know, going to be a free agent. But I think the hard part with that is, is you've already spent two years not having really much of a clue what Jordan Love can or will be. I mean, there was an idea, and we talked about this yesterday, you know, it being floated out that they want to extend Aaron Rodgers two more years. Well, what the heck are you doing with Jordan Love then? Because at that point in time, if you're extending him, you're expecting him to be there and play. And so you're essentially walking into a player who's got a, a four-year deal with a fifth-year option that's fully guaranteed that you've got to make a decision on you know, at, at some point after year three. And how much trade value does he have? What if he was an option well, to put on the trade block? I don't think there's any. None. I mean, what you'd say is you'd say, okay, what's Jordan Love in this quarterback draft class? Would you rather have Jordan Love – or would you rather have one of these quarterbacks? And that's where maybe there's a thought or value to, you know, what you could get for Jordan Love. Yeah, if, because if I people, think he's comparable, if not um, better. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put him – I mean, his last year was bad in college football. Now, he's got a couple years of seasoning now, and that might, you know, change how teams look at him. But you had to go back to, you know, his, his – what was it? I believe his was sophomore year because he came out early. I mean, it's, it's – it, that's the hard thing is – Film-wise, Kenny Pickett's got the best tape. So I still wouldn't put you know, him ahead of Kenny Pickett. Okay. But again, that, that's, that's, all, that's assuming Not a lot comparable. of things. That, that's, well, that's assuming, too, that Brian Gutenkoos is willing to say, hey, I, I made a, a bad mistake. I thought Aaron Rodgers you know, couldn't play at MVP level. Clearly he can. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, is a general manager going to do that? Maybe. I, I, I mean, I'm just I'm looking at it. If, if this is the time for a rebuild and – well, in, in theory, if it's time for a rebuild, then you do try to move on from, from Aaron Rodgers. From, I mean, from I, all that's of just it, honestly. But, but they've mean, come up short, too, by the way. I mean, whether you're looking at it from what, what's next with, without Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you've only been good enough to make it to, which is good. I mean, which is great, honestly. But you haven't won the Super Bowl. You know, like they get ousted in their first round this year, which is the, it was a divisional round. 
but then they lose in the divisional championship the year before. I mean, they're coming up short. It's not like it's not like a, a Tom Brady scenario where you have the recency effect of saying, okay, you're looking at it and they're they're not too far fresh off of getting a Super Bowl. You know, they keep coming up short anyway, so maybe it is time to do a rebuild. It's not going to be pretty, I'll tell you that. They're going to go further away from where they are right now. They're they're closer to winning a Super Bowl than they they would be to me if they got rid of Tom Brady or excuse me Aaron Rodgers. But it feels like they're similar to New Orleans, where look the window is probably. Closed. It might be closed. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's where New Orleans finds himself. <laughs> the only though. problem is New Orleans is in a worse cap situation. That's not Thanks even a window <laughs> anymore. They're they're not even in the vehicle like that. that yeah. and, you know. and they don't have their head coach right now. Yeah, that's, by the how, way, that's how bad it is. Yeah, yeah by the way, uh, uh, Drew Brees crippled their cap and then got paid uh, buku bucks from uh, NBC to take that gig. So, but, you know, listen, it's all good. Uh, he got a piece of notebook paper with, uh, you know, their yards record on it for Monday Night Football. So he's fine. Everything's fine with you. Breeze. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two Pros and a Cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, right now, uh, we turn it over to Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, uh, lead content strategist at the MMQB. You can get him on Twitter at Albert Breer. Uh, Albert, uh, how's everything going? Uh, welcome to your Thursday morning. What's happening? Well, we, you know, we talked about weather earlier in the year and how I like the fall. Um, I'm looking at a single digit on my dashboard right now. <laughs> and I think. And I, and I think I think that the uh, the wind chill is under zero, but I can't confirm that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. How are you guys Albert, doing? <laughs> Albert, where where are you going? We always feel like you're in your car when you're talking to us. Like, where are you going right now? I am. Well, because it's chaos. I talked to you guys so early in the morning. It's chaos in my house, so it's easier for me to just get in the car and drive around aimlessly for 15 minutes. Good move. And. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you guys don't want to hear the dog barking or the kids yelling. This is much better, right? So you're like Buddy from uh, Bachelor Weekend, Bachelor Party, you know, when he goes out to the car for his his, his private time with his phone. That's 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 yeah, how it works. Yeah, basically, okay. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, a little different, but all right, all right, maybe a tad bit. Different. So, uh, Albert, uh, the Broncos make the move. They hire Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. That just went down about uh, twenty twenty five minutes ago. Um, so, I, I got to ask you, uh, how much of this has to do with um, you know the potential of uh, Aaron Rodgers being out there for the taking? This has been rumored. I mean, their interest, you know, and obviously they, had, they went through a process um, to get him. But this has been rumored, guys, for, I mean, I'm, I'm saying going on three months, that they would make a run at Hackett and that they were, and that that would relate directly to the availability. And there's the beeping. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I had to buckle my seatbelt. We're off to a flying they always got to make the seatbelt notification the most annoying sound in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think this goes back like two or three months. And, um, you know, they had been digging on him for a while. And, yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it, if we're being realistic about it, is that they are planning to load up for a run at Aaron Rodgers. And I, I actually think, like, the Broncos elimination or the uh, Packers elimination from the playoffs makes it more likely that Aaron Rodgers will be available. 
And, you know, I think that that sort of added to all of this. It allows them to hire Hackett earlier, and it means that maybe going after Rodgers is a little bit more realistic. And if you look at where they are, guys, and, and then Brady, I know you were in Denver around that time. Um, the Broncos feel like right now they're where they were in 2012, where yeah. they've got some really nice core pieces where – if you drop a veteran quarterback like a Peyton Manning or like an Aaron Rodgers into it, the thing could really take off. Without a Devontae Adams? I mean, is that is it, is it just it well, makes sense to say without I him? mean, they could they could go get him, but, I mean, it's not like they're short on receivers right now. That's LeVar. true. That is true. I mean, they got they, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jerry Judy. They've got, like, really good depth there. they got Noah Fant, tight end. Javante Williams looked really good as a rookie running back. Um, there are a lot of pieces in place. Like I, I, I don't know that it's all that different than where they were with Demarius Thomas and Julius Thomas and, um, and Eric Decker back in 2012. It feels a little similar to that where you've got some young guys who maybe haven't put it all together yet but have shown a lot of potential. Mm. Albert, I, I look at it, and obviously we, we talked about the correlation to Denver and all that, but I want to talk about the hiring process. This, I said this earlier. I think this is like the domino effect. Nathaniel Hackett, maybe he'll be the first to get inked. Is this going to cause some other teams, though, to, to move a little quicker? I know Byron Leftwich supposedly is getting a lot of traction in Jacksonville. I'm hearing seeing reports about Brian Dable with the Dolphins and conversations with that's really heating up. Do you think we're going to start seeing a bunch of hires taking place now that if Nathaniel Hackett is being the first? Yeah, and, you know, I think, Brady, there isn't, it's not a deadline, but I think it is worth considering that the Senior Bowl is next week. Um, and that has almost turned into, like, a coaching convention. And so, you know, in a lot of cases, new coaches will go there and they'll meet with assistant coaches from other teams and they'll, you know, finalize their staffs. And obviously that's where a lot of the work you do towards the draft starts to pick up. And so, you know, I, I don't think it's like a must that you have your head coach in place before um, Senior Bowl week. But, you know, I do think it's sort of a checkpoint in the calendar. And so, you know, I, I think everybody's waiting for the first domino to fall. And I think most people thought the first domino to fall would be Dan Quinn because the Broncos had really sort of focused the early parts of their search on Dan Quinn. Now that they've hired Nathaniel Hackett, you know, now I think the next question becomes, does Dan Quinn go to Chicago or New York? Does Brian Dayball go to New York or Miami? Um, and I think that there are sort of some moving parts there. And um, it's going to be interesting to see because I think, you know, a couple of these places have two guys in mind. You know, like, I, like the Giants, you know, they could go Dan Quinn, Brian Dayball. The Dolphins, they could go Brian Dayball, Vance jo- Joseph. The Bears, they could go Matt Eberflus, Dan Quinn. So, you know, I, I think you see sort of the interplay there where, you know, one guy making a decision – could sort of streamline the search for other teams. Uh, Albert Breer joining us here, Fox Sports Radio, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. Get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. All right, just say I gave you $100, and you just kept on driving. And you said, screw it. Honey, you take care of whatever you need to take care of at home. I got to go place a wager. I got to find I gotta find uh, the place to go where I can get in touch with DraftKings and place a wager, $100. Oh, wow. Who's going to be the next coach hired? If you had to bet right now, gut feeling or based on some of your sourcing, who's the next? guy to go and where does he go um i mean 
I, I sort of that's tough because I think Dan Quinn could get hired by the Bears. Um, I think you know like Brian Dayball could get hired by the Bills. But you know, like Buffalo, for example, <laughs> he's already hired by, by the, the Bills. Giants. Yeah. By, by the Giants, he's already been hired by the Bills. Yeah, by the Giants. <laughs> but but the Giants are talking to Brian Flores today, and say Flores blows them away. Well, then that could change the dynamic there. So, like, I just you know, I, I think it's kind of it, it's it's sort of like the next one to come off the market. I think could set off some dominoes because that'll take an option for away from everybody else. So. Like I said, I think there are like multiple guys in a couple of these places. If you if you if you ask me right now, like gun to my head, who's the next hire? I'd say it's Chicago hiring either Matt Eberflus or Dan Quinn. Huh. Ab, I, I want to switch to to the games that are coming up, uh, and, and the quarterback situation with this. The San Francisco 49ers have seemingly come out of nowhere and and possibly could could be considered maybe the hottest team in in the playoffs right now. What does this do for Garoppolo if if they're able to win this game this weekend and make another appearance in the Super Bowl? It probably makes it a little awkward. I mean, because, you know, now what do you do? Um, I still think they'd probably turn to Trey Lance, but I, I think it makes it, you know, it just changes the dynamic a little bit. And, you know, the whole idea of the Niners, of what the Niners did last year and, and trading up for Trey Lance and then keeping Jimmy Garoppolo at $24 million was we really feel like we do need to raise the ceiling at quarterback, but at the same time, like, we don't feel like we're in any sort of rebuilding position. Like, we've got veterans on this team, and to be fair, to the Trent Williams, to the uh, Debo Samuels, to the Nick Bosa's, um, to the Fred Warners, to those guys on our team um, who have put the team in position to compete for a championship, we can't just roll a rookie quarterback out there. And so, you know, this is always sort of part of the plan was that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to put them in a place to contend in 2021, and Trey Lance was going to raise their ceiling in 2022 and thereafter. Now, if they get to the Super Bowl, I think they still probably want to stick to their plan and turn to Trey Lance in 22. Um, but I think it gets a little bit more awkward. And I would say this, too. It, it, it definitely would help them from a trade value standpoint in that, like, if you're, say, the Carolina Panthers, you can probably sell Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit easier to your fan base if you strike out on a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers. And so, you know, I, I think they probably still move Jimmy Garoppolo um, but, you know, I, I think it becomes a little bit harder because of what it might mean inside your locker room where you got a guy who just took you to the Super Bowl, now you're turning around and trading him. Uh, Albert Breer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, MMQB, senior NFL reporter with us here on FSR. All right, you've covered um, Tom Brady for a lot of, or I would say probably all of his career, or at least a good a chunk of his career, obviously being up there uh, in the Northeast. And now we're hearing the reports that, well, maybe this is it. And Gronk is saying, well, if they asked me right now whether or not I was going to retire, uh, I would say I'm going to retire, but the season just ended. What feels different? about this retirement speculation as opposed to some of the others that you've covered in your career? It's the way that he's talking. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've really heard Tom Brady talk this way. 
um, before. You know, I, I like if you look in the past, it's almost always like I'm not ready to give it up. I still feel like I've got a lot left. And if you you listen to what he said on that podcast with Jim Gray the other night, that doesn't sound the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that sounds like somebody who's really contemplating things. And you know, I, I've always remember I always remember hearing this about pro athletes and. Um, you know, Brady, LeVar, I, I, like, I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I, I, you always hear that, like, when an athlete starts to talk about retiring, he actually probably already is retired. You know, he's already kind of crossed that line into, all right, like, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to walk away. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily the case with Brady, but I think it's definitely something to consider here. And... You know, I think ultimately his family, like that part of it's really important to him. He's got a son who lives up in New York, um, who I believe is going to be going into high school in the fall. Um, and that's a real consideration for him. Um, I think he'll, like, he'll wind up playing one more year. But I don't think that that's 100%. I think it's probably, I mean, at this point, maybe like if you ask me, like, uh, like the, I would say it's like 51-49 he comes back. Like, I do think he's genuinely torn about it. Um, you know, but, I mean, the one thing I, I think you always – I think the one thing about Brady, like, I, like I, I know he's not one of these guys who hates the process of it. You know what I mean? Like, most athletes walk away not because they hate Sunday, because they start to get tired of Monday through Saturday. Brady loves every part of it, you know, and I think he thinks he can still play and sure looks to me like he can still play. Um, and I think he also knows that – when he walks away, this isn't golf. Like he's not going to be able to get back and you know and, and play uh, play play the sport again. Um, when it's gone, it's gone. And so I think for that reason, probably comes to some sort of agreement with his family with the Bucks and comes back for one more year. Hmm. Uh, I want to ask you in regards to John Mara's comments about Deshaun Watson. I was thinking when I was listening to him saying this and why Deshaun Watson wouldn't be a fit for the Giants. Is John Mara putting more pressure on other owners? I mean, no one's been as public in speaking yeah. about Deshaun Watson and whether or not they would be open to, to looking for a guy like that or, or trying to trade or acquire him. Uh, I mean, if a guy like David Tepper got ultra-aggressive and Carolina went after him, does it kind of reflect poorly upon him then because of what John Mara's already put out there? Yeah, Brady, that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't heard that, um, but it, it, I think you're right. Like, I think it's... Um, you know, the fact that he was so forceful about it, you know, like, I'm not, like, we're not going to do this. Like, the, the New York Giants will not do this. Um, you know, I, I think it certainly brings some perspective to the situation, you know, and the seriousness of, um, you know, what, what Deshaun Watson's being accused of. And, well, like, I think, like, and look, I'm guilty of it, too. Like, we all sort of, like, it's been a while since, you know, that's been a front-burner thing. And so, like, you know, sometimes we, we, we talk about him strictly in football terms. And, you know, we do, like, kind of forget or maybe, you know, unintentionally downplay the seriousness of what he's being accused of. And I think, like, the way J John Mara drove home that point kind of, I think, underscores what every team, what every GM, every head coach who wants to pursue Deshaun Watson is probably going to be up against now is that this is one of those things that's going to require sign-off from ownership. Because the minute Deshaun Watson walks into your building, guys, he is the face of your franchise. And, 
you know, I, I think even after the cases get settled, and I do think that there's going to be some sort of settlement over the next couple of weeks to help facilitate a trade and, and allow Deshaun to work to, to move forward with his football future, you know, the minute, like, he lands on one of these teams, like, the first thing that's going to happen is those questions are going to come up, and that's going to reflect on ownership. So I certainly think he gave other owners something to consider, Brady, and I, and I think um, you know, he also illustrated the challenge for those GMs and coaches that might want to pursue Deshaun out there where it is going to take uh, sign-off from the highest level of the organization to get something done. He's Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter with the MMQB. You can get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. Always appreciate it. Good stuff. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll do it again next week, Al. Stay warm, Albert. Right, thanks, guys. There he Safe is. driving on the ice and I'll stuff try. out there, yeah, man. Yeah, just like uh, – and, and, and I got my seatbelt on now, too, as you guys heard. <laughs> yes. and, and your turn signal. I, yeah. I think I heard the windshield <laughs> wipers. You were, you were defrosting the windshield <laughs> where were you at some one point. Good yeah. job. I'll be, I'll, I'll be checking in with you guys next week from the Chevy Tahoe, if that's all right. All right, all right there it is. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts so the first coaching name off the board there's a lot of vacancies uh and uh the first one is gone it's been filled the denver broncos making the announcement earlier uh and this is being uh, reported by several outlets that nathaniel hackett is being named the head coach in denver Uh, the broncos hire the former packers offensive coordinator uh to be their new head coach taking over for vic fangio who was there for three seasons uh so now the speculation uh gets going as to what impact that has on aaron Aaron Rodgers and uh, his destination with him and Nathaniel Hackett being close. Uh, and then we also have another uh, notable situation at quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it was uh, Giants owner John Mara. I mean, are we going to get a round of applause? I finally I'm, got it I'm right. I'm just going to listen. I'm, I'm waiting said it for Brady to get again. you. Yeah. It's Mara. Mara, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Did you hear Berto? Uh, all right, very good. Uh, but it is uh, the Giants in the news after he comes out, the owner uh, sticking up for his quarterback, uh, Daniel Jones. What was Jones, the owner's name? Uh, John Mara. Oh, okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah. All right, listen, there there's go. that. Uh, so John Mara sticking up for Daniel Jones, saying they need to do more to surround uh, Daniel Jones and try and help him out. Uh, he also mentioned uh, the Deshaun Watson potential, making a move for Deshaun Watson, said not happening, listed. Uh, salary cap reasons, but also the situation going on behind the scenes with Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, this seems like, well, I guess they're just going to roll out uh, Daniel Jones to, no matter who their uh, head coach is. They're just going to roll out Daniel Jones and he's going to be their guy next year, Brady Quinn. We're good here. Everything's solved. Yeah, I, I do think uh, there's one there's one thing that could roll back or maybe somehow put the toothpaste back into the tube, and that oh. would be what else if you could take your two top 10 picks and you could trade for a guy like Russell Wilson. 
where we know there's a desire to get out of Seattle. He wouldn't have floated, or his agent wouldn't have floated what was floated out there last offseason. And we know Pete Carroll and John Schneider are back. So now it comes down to, and they can say, hey, you know, we're not going to move on from this guy all they want. But if there's a desire on his side of things, hmm. what, what if the New York Giants offer him those two top ten picks in a year where, you know, look, maybe they, you know, in exchange is Daniel Jones too. Um, and, and you've got, you know, a, a potential quarterback. You've got some top ten draft picks. You can take another one if you want or build on that roster. I mean, Seattle's another, another team that – if you move on from Russell Wilson or if you really look where this team is at, they've got some pieces, but there's a fair amount of rebuilding to do. Their defense has been awful. They finally moved on from Ken Norton Jr. Uh, Bobby Wagner is still there, but there's some speculation as to whether or not he'll be back. And those are really the last two pieces, Russell and Bobby Wagner, from you know, the, their Super Bowl winning slash back-to-back years going to Super Bowls. And if you move on from those pieces, you're essentially rebuilding. So I, I do wonder if there's a little thought or motivation on the side of the Seahawks. We know there is from the side of Russ, but the Giants are that team with draft capital to make that sort of move, to make it happen. And if you bring in an offensive-minded coach like a Brian Dable, and look what he's done with Josh Allen, imagine what he could do with Russ. And imagine, you know, there's all this spe- you know, talk about the offensive line and you know, people talking about what they're going to do there. Well, Russell has been played probably behind worse offensive lines throughout his career. I mean, it immediately makes you an NFC East division contender, a playoff contender, with all the talent that's around that quarterback spot. So it sounds all good when, when you listen to what John Mayer is saying, but that's why in the NFL, you know, you seldom hear people use the you know, words never and always because if that opportunity presents itself, if you're the Giants, if you're John Mayer, how can you turn that down? How could, how could you say no to that? And if you pass up this offseason and Russell Wilson moves somewhere else, moves on, and then after this year the Giants decide that, well, maybe Daniel Jones isn't the guy, let's go back in the draft, you just missed out on getting a guy who's won a Super Bowl. I mean, it just, it, to, to me, I think if that opportunity presents itself with everything that John Mayer has done where I think he pulled a 180 from the disappointment he explained you know, David Gettleman resigning, keeping Joe Judge, and they kind of backtracked off that. Well, now they're in a much better spot. You got Joe Shane at G, as the GM candidate, or excuse me, GM. You got potential, uh, you know, one of the hotter head coaching candidates coming in that's going to revive this team, at least offensively. And, and now you've got the potential chance to get a franchise quarterback who it's not like he's in his late 30s. Russell Wilson still has a lot of good football left in him. I, I just think if that scenario played itself out, You'd have to walk back this, the, every, all, all the comments he said kind of in defense of Daniel Jones, would you not? Well, well that's why I was oofing during, during the, the, the statement. I mean, are they committed to Daniel Jones or not? And, and the first thing I started to think just listening to you right now is, I wonder whose decision it was to bench him at the end of the year and, and go in a different direction altogether uh, until the season's end. Were you preserving him? Or were you moving on from him? And, and and if I'm looking at Joe Judge, of course he would have to be looking at it as I'm moving on from him because you're not having a level of success as a head coach and you knew that, that things were looming if, if you didn't have success with Daniel Jones. And it turned out to be, you know, correct. So where you're at right now, whoever it is that comes into this, this job – 
you've already seen Daniel Jones in so many ways, regardless of what John Mayer says. In so many ways, your quarterback is one of the main reasons why this team is is not playing or doing better. I mean, it, it just is what it is, regardless of if it's because the team hasn't been able to live up to the expectation or the standard of developing him when they get him. They haven't had much time. What? How, how many years did Joe Judge get? What? One? Two? Two. Two years? All right. And then the, the coach before him, how many did he get? One? Two? That was uh, – God, uh, who's the um, uh, the coach before? I, I, I he got forget. two years, I, I believe. Uh, it, was, it, it wasn't long. Was it Shermer? And then Shermer. Uh, before him was Ben McAdoo, who got a couple of years. Yeah. McAdoo didn't get a long time either. No. So, so the idea of it is, is, okay, if I take this job in New York, Daniel Jones is not giving me very much runway. So you got to believe that that – there's not a coach that's coming in that's like, yeah, I can salvage this with Daniel Jones. Let's let's make this work. You got to be looking at what can I do or what can this team do to put me in a best situation to improve this team as quickly as possible. Because regardless of what the ownership is saying, you see what happens when they feel embarrassed. And if they find themselves in an embarrassing situation, they're going to act on that. And if they're going to act on it, I'm going to want who I want in at that position in particular if I'm going to take that job. So I wonder what that conversation looks like with the possible coaching candidates and lead candidates in terms of entertaining the conversation of if it's Russell Wilson. If you're not entertaining Deshaun Watson, then why not entertain the Russell Wilson opportunity? Again, if it's there, there's a lot of working parts, right? Um, And and who knows how that'll – transpire but you got to hire the head coach and I, and I wonder if and Brian Dable has been reportedly been the, the hot name that people are talking about but he's been looked at for two jobs Miami as well as the New York Giants and if he's deciding between both I I do or I'd be curious to see if behind closed doors the conversation is yeah Daniel Jones is gonna be your quarterback for year one and and then if things don't work out you know after you evaluate him for a year you can go another direction whereas in Miami it's Tua Tagovailoa, and why is that significant? Do you remember when Tua came in to help Alabama win a national championship? Yep. Who the play caller was? Yep, Brian Dable. Yep. So there's familiarity there, mm. as opposed to maybe a question mark, and that could be good or bad, right? It's like the mystery box and Family Guy. Like you can have a boat, or you can have the mystery box. Like, and it's too enticing. Like, oh, I don't know. It could be anything in the mystery box. Could be a boat, right? Right. Clearly, you guys haven't seen Family Guy. But no. th- the point is this. I was is, thinking Family. Uh, what, what was the other one? Wheel of Fortune. Not Wheel of Fortune. Family what, Feud. What? Not Family yeah. Feud. What's the <laughs> come on down one? Oh. Behind door number family one. Family Matters? No, no, never mind. Yeah, okay. The Price is Right. Yeah, price is Right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I don't watch is, Family the Guy. The point is this is, in one case, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into and because you've been with the player before, you've coached him before. And in another case with, with Daniel Jones, maybe he's the guy, maybe not. But the mystery is that it could, it could end up being someone like a Russell Wilson. But it doesn't sound like that's the direction their owner wants to go. So, I, I mean, and that's the hard thing is I think there's a chance that they would end up missing out on it. And, and then that doesn't make it look like as an attractive of a job, does it? I mean, you're going to be tied to the quarterback in, in either instance. I don't think it's attractive to go in there and have Daniel Jones. I, I feel it, like it's sad to say that because 
I understand. I if there's anyone that can can understand what Daniel Jones has gone through in terms of a player, I had more head coaches than years in the league at one point, and I had a defensive coordinator, a different one for the first three years. I had a different defensive coordinator. I finally had one for more than one year, and then he was gone after two years. I never had a defensive coordinator or a coach for more than two years in my entire NFL career. So I can sympathize with where Daniel Jones is in his career and how that can impact your success and your development in in the game. But with that being said, woe is me. You know, the idea of that is that's fine and that's all good, but I'm not trying to be victimized by your, you know, your circumstances. And it seems to have already been a part of other coaches that have come there to coach. I don't want that. That's I, I just don't want that. If I'm a coach coming in, I do not want to try to salvage it with Daniel Jones. So now the idea of it is who who's out there, who can we bring in, what's feasible? I mean, do you think Joe Shane got the uh, memo from Giants ownership that, uh, hey, you're going to be stuck here with Daniel Jones. That's going to be your guy moving forward. Or maybe that was the selling point, is that they can make it work with Daniel Jones. uh, I think that ship is sailed. Look, if if it were up to me and our Brian Dayball, I'd rather go to Miami and work with Tua because not that, you know, Tua's got, you know, a higher ceiling than Daniel Jones. We just, I think there's more untapped potential. What we've seen from Daniel Jones, he turns the ball over way too much. He's got this weird neck injury that he went through last season to where you know it was reported as a strain but now he had to go on IR and now he's going to you know rehab but he should be back in time for August which I don't know I feel like I've strained my neck before it doesn't take seven months for a neck strain to heal Uh, I I just it feels like you're kind of tying the head coach or the GM to what you're adamant about in a press conference in January, that, that you're tying them up for a year when you've proven over the past three coaching regime, regimes, you get two years or less, and if you don't perform, you're out of here. I, it just feels like that's a tough spot for whoever's going to take that gig. I don't know. I think, I, I think it's a tough spot if they feel beholden to Daniel Jones. And I get it. They made the investment. They feel like they've botched how it's gone. But, I mean, LeVar hit the nail on the head. He's consistently shown an inability to take care of the football, whether that's from interceptions or fumbles. I mean, it's just it's, – it's been the thing. And, and, look, coming in to the NFL, that wasn't like a knock on him. It wasn't like he was a guy you're concerned about ball security. I mean, one of the, the pros about him was he's a smart, you know, player. He, he can run an NFL system. He's athletic enough. He can move around. We've seen that from time to time. You know, he was well-coached. Um, you know, coming from the system there at Duke, it, it, was, it was everything like but kind of at least the, the turnover thing. I mean, that was something that was a knock on Jameis Winston. And we saw it rear its ugly head. But, you know, after watching what he looked like with the Saints last year, it seems like he's got that under control. He showed growth maybe too late for other people to buy into that. But th- that's the concern with Daniel Jones is, is he just kind of revealing to you what he is regardless of all the things around him? Or do you ultimately believe like that it's just it takes the right coach to be able to make it work? Maybe that is the case, but I think you've got a much better idea of what he is, and if that's the case, then you've got to start looking up to go make a big home run swing of a move and try to find someone like a Russell Wilson. It's a uh, mystery box is funny as hell, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, I appreciate way, your, 
your yeah, quickness in sending uh, a reference point. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's an amazing skit. Anyone who's watched Fox, watch Family Guy. Uh, it's it's one of the best shows. But yeah, it is uh, two pros Mom. and a cup of Joe. Fox Mom. Sports Radio, mommy. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.